0: In today's episode of the Sixers Beat, Rich and I talk about the Sixers' disappointing loss to the Miami Heat, talk about Joel Embiid's 52-point performance against Boston Celtics and whether or not that will wrap up the MVP award for him, talk about how the Sixers should handle the final two games of the regular season now that there is nothing left to play for, and whether they should prefer the Brooklyn Nets or the Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs. Enjoy the podcast. Alright, welcome everybody, this is Derek Bodner, joined by Rich Hoffman on the Sixers Beat, part of the Athletics Podcast Network. Hey, doing, Rich? Derek, I'm doing fine.
1: The uh, I will say, the Sixers last night, it wasn't quite the Allen Iverson, Chris Webber skipping fan appreciation <laughs> They were day, there, right?
0: they were physically in attendance, yes.
1: But for a team that pretty much played everybody, except yep. Tyrese Maxey, who... My friend texted me, looked like he had a bowling league after the game with the shirt on. He, uh Tyrese Maxey, who did the fan appreciation day speech. Which Are I think you trying comp- to
0: say that when we go bowling in a bowling league, we don't look the most fashionable? Is that what you're trying to get at?
1: I didn't say that. I just had a friend text me that, and I okay. thought that was an interesting observation. I may or may not have laughed at that. <laughs> but besides Tyrese Maxey with the neck stiffness. Everybody else physically played, but with that being the case, it was probably as close to Alana Iverson and Chris Webber skipping the game that you could get under those circumstances.
0: Have you ever? Have you ever bowled in a bowling league? You're a no, I'm
1: a terrible bowler. Okay,
0: okay. I I'm I was a, in a number of leagues when I was a kid. Oh yeah, Can I had like sp- a 170 175 average at one point. Wow. Yeah. No, Did I used you, to I used to enjoy bowling.
1: So. Th- Whenever I bowl, I get a kick out of the people with the the arm, sure, like the wrist sleeve things. Yep. Did you have one of those?
0: I had one at one point. It's mostly for improving your form. <laughs> yeah, no. At one point, if you were looking to really hook the ball, like was, that would help you get the form down correctly. Yeah, it's sort of like a temporary thing. It's like a training device, not like a really supportive or protector type thing. Uh, but yeah, I had one at one point. Sure, sure. I actually recently bought a ball, maybe like two years ago get back into it. My thing with bowling is I tend to get really into it for like two months and then abandon it for like two years. Anyway, I don't know how we got on a bowling tangent. Oh, you were making fun of Tyrese. Anyway, I'm not very good at bowling. If I crack
1: 115, it's a great round, but doesn't happen all that much.
0: I am just so, good enough at bowling to get frustrated by it. I assume that's sort of like how um, golf is. I've never yeah. gotten into golf, but like... You suck, and you don't care, and then you get mildly decent, and then it gets really, really super frustrating. That's that's the stage I'm at with bowling.
1: But here's and- the thing about the Sixers last night, Derek. They sucked, and they didn't care. No, nobody cared. It wasn't that they sucked and they cared enough. It was they sucked and they didn't care. And you know, I'm I'm kind of of two minds on this. Uh, on the one hand. I mean, that's just so bad. Like if you're going to show up and play an NBA game, like w- will you try a little bit harder than that? You yeah. know, it's like we've talked about this all year. When this team does not give full effort, it's as ugly as you've ever seen. Like it's there are teams like Memphis and Milwaukee and these teams that are led by, let's be honest, kind of like faster, harder playing stars. I would sure. say sure that kind of bring it every night. I would say they're also. More athletic, too, as well. The Sixers aren't that. The Sixers are a bunch of really skilled players, great shooting around Embiid and Harden. I wouldn't say athleticism is, like, top level for the NBA overall. I mean, we could talk about what the different types of athleticism are. I'm just talking about speed, jumping, all those things. Sure. When they don't try, it's ugly. And
0: that was ugly as hell. And it is a little tough because you look at it now and they've lost four out of six over, which pretty much directly correlates with James Harden and the Achilles. over that span. They're like 21st in offense, which again, sort of tracks because at times James Harden doesn't look the same physically as he did earlier in the season. And because James isn't as on point, then the offense isn't nearly as dominant as it previously was. But you're also looking at it and you're like, well, They didn't give one fuck last night. So, like, how am I going to rate this? How, 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 I have no idea how, like, what the proper level of concern is right now because they had nothing to play for. And the team they were playing had everything to play for. You know, Miami basically needs everything to go right in order to avoid the play in, which included winning last night, winning their next two games, and Brooklyn losing their next two games one of which is going to be against the Jaden Springer-led Philadelphia 76ers. They're not losing the next two games. No, I don't think they are. But Miami had something to play for. Jimmy Butler had something to play for. And the Sixers did not. And it was very evident right from the jump. And I don't really know, like I said, I don't know how to properly, like, what's the proper level of concern heading into a playoff run? I don't know. James Harden certainly said that his Achilles is fine. Ever since, you know, he had the one day where he's like, yes, it's kind of been bothering me for months and it became unbearable and I don't expect it to go away this year. Ever since he gave that update, which was his first game back after the injury, after missing time with the injury, his entire answer has been, it's fine. It's fine. That's it. That's it. And Doc Rivers said that he thought James was back and normal. And he said, if not, he's got a week off to rest it. I don't know. I hope they're right. It's been a little while since we've seen this team really humming on all cylinders. Even when they win, like the Boston game, it's because Embiid went freaking crazy. Not that they necessarily played great together. It would just be nice to see one good game. You're not going to get it because I don't think Joe's playing from here on out, but, you know.
1: Yeah, that's that's a second mind, right? Because as much as that effort completely sucked, they literally had nothing to play for. I I get it. They could have buried Miami and put them in the seven seed. So there is something to play for. And like I said before, have a little bit of personal pride.
0: If you're going to show up and, and suit up and play, they really need to have these fan appreciation nights like a week earlier. Yes. I was so, I was sort of hoping that because there is still two games left, because the last home game of the Sixers schedule was the third to last game of the season, that it might be a decent one, but no, they, they just move it, move it back, move it to like late March.
1: But in fairness to them, they they've really had nothing to play for. They are locked into their seed. If they want to manipulate the Brooklyn matchup, they're going to do it on the last day of the season if it comes to that. And look, if Brooklyn can't beat the Delaware Bluecoats, because you know who can't beat the Delaware Bluecoats? The Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Yeah, they can't yeah. beat them. I think Brooklyn can beat that team that the Sixers are going to throw out on Sunday, especially because there is no way Brooklyn will be tanking to play the Boston Celtics, after having to win a play-in game, yep, as opposed to just advancing to the playoffs and playing the Sixers, so they will have everything to play for. I like look; it's not completely impossible. I don't want to never say never, but I would be pretty darn surprised if the Brooklyn Nets are not playing at the Wells Fargo Center next Saturday or Sunday. Um, yeah, but it it was terrible, and I don't really know what to make of it. You know, you have after the game, you have Doc sounding regretful for playing his players like he was like i i didn't want to do it you know i I, everybody else was saying play 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 and you know when listening to those comments i'm thinking man everybody was saying
0: play yeah that looked like the most dead team in the world well and here's the thing like okay i understand that you don't want too much rest or too much um you know to, to to lose too much of an edge to be too flat when the playoffs start so you don't want too much time off, but because of the play in tournament, you've got a week off anyway. It's not like you can really keep them fresh regardless. So what's the point of pl- extending? And it, it, it's still like all right, maybe all of your buddies told you to play in, but like you have agency in that decision. You didn't you didn't actually have to. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So I think the uh Yeah, that was it was not a great explanation, I don't think from Doc. Doesn't seem like anybody got injured in that game? Melton left with, what, was that mild calf tightness? Yep. God, that's going around like the, the spring they really flu did. right now.
0: Embiid passed it to Jokic, and then he passed it to, uh, was it Melton and Tucker? Was he the other one who had it? Somebody else had it. I forget which one.
1: calves are getting tight all over the Delaware <laughs> Valley right now. Uh, it looks like they got out of that game in serious injury-free. It, it looks like it. I mean... Unless something pops up in the next couple of days, which I am not ruling out because this is the Sixers we were talking about. But, you know, Embiid takes his four
0: hard falls and you're thinking like, eh, maybe wait until the playoffs to do another one of those. It, it was funny listening to Doc talk about like Embiid's tried to convince him that falling decreases his chance of injury. And he's like, I don't know. The ground seems pretty hard to me. Well, yeah, but it, I think it's because that way you can save some wear and tear on the knee by falling. Yeah. Uh, But it is it does make you gasp. Especially at this time of year, pretty much every time it happens.
1: No, but, it's it's clear that MB trades bumps and bruises on his back, on his side, his all those things yeah. yep. for less wear and tear. Because when he falls down on that, or when he you know goes up for a dunk or block and has to fall on
0: that leg, he is afraid that that's how he's going to tear an ACL. You know, so and he's they talked about that years ago. Yep, that is not a, a it might be new for Doc, but it's not new for people who have their emotional well-being uh resting on Embiid's health.
1: Yeah, and anyway, I mean, Embiid falls four times a game, so it doesn't really register with us, you know, unless he's down for a minute and a half. Like, and even be,
0: so, it could be a J.J. Reddick situation where he just likes the drama.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I mean. If he's down for 45 seconds, man, I don't care. I, I really do not care. It, it's it And it's got to be up to like a minute and a half or two minutes. Anyway, we're joking about him uh we'll get to him in a second because i think he's going to win a certain award in a couple weeks or whenever the hell that comes out to me i think you hit the nail on the head though the one thing i am concerned about from last night's game i'm as much as the sixers were annoying in that heat game i'm willing to flush i'm willing to flush that game just flush it whatever they weren't trying hard the heat try hard all the time whatever James Harden is the one major concern I have for the playoffs. And if you look at his numbers over the past five games, they're not horrible. They're like the scoring's a little down, but it's about the same efficiency. The assists are a little bit down. The free throws are cut in half. That is kind of the big thing that stands out to me over these five games since the Achilles injury. Obviously, he had that great performance against Toronto in the first half. Yep, That's probably boosting those numbers a bit. To me, the most concerning thing about Harden is in the last two games, and again, one of them, the whole team wasn't trying, including Harden. The Embiid backup units, the Paul Reed Harden units, have been awful, awful. And I don't think they're getting good shots. Like, Doc, after the game, was like, we got good shots against Boston. I was like, I don't know, man. It looked like Harden and P.J. Tucker were running into each other and Reed didn't know what to do. That didn't feel like James Harden... Completely directing the offense, knowing what to do. So, to me, that is the biggest concern. If you want to point out, like Doc did, that, look, he's probably, you know, I, I don't know if Harden's going to play in tonight's game against Atlanta. Maybe it's one of those he things shouldn't. where he
0: shouldn't. He shouldn't. Maybe it's one it's of those things where he back. wants to, huh? I said it's a back-to-back, back. like sit him down. Sit.
1: I, I think he should be done for the year, but maybe it's one of those things where he's like, let me just see the ball go through the hoop for like a quarter or so, and then. And then sit me down or whatever. He is a different type of worker, though, man. Like he's not like Embiid where like he he likes to play a lot of basketball. I would say. Uh Sure. Look, look, I would sit him down too. But I, I'm just saying if that is the case. But they need him over this next week or so. You know, he'll have nine, ten days off to to rest the old Achilles up. You know, get get in the massage room, the therapy room, do do the lifts or whatever, and. At least since James Harden has been a Sixer, after a long layoff, which this is like a mini long layoff, he has typically played some of his best basketball. That's got to be the hope here, because yeah. it's not looking great right now. I think that's fair to say. Two free throw attempts per game over the last four games. Not great. And look, some of that is Milwaukee. Like it's hard to shoot free throws against Milwaukee.
0: Sure, but he also played Boston and Miami.
1: It's hard to shoot free throws against those teams too. I mean, sure, good, they're good defenses,
0: but. But you need, you're need you going to face good defenses. You need more than two attempts per game.
1: Completely agree. And and he is certainly responsible for a decent amount of it. So I don't really have a good answer for that until the playoffs come around. Like, is he going to be able to flip a switch?
0: We'll see. Yeah. And it's it's such a shame because he was playing so well for so long that I can't believe we're having... I mean, I can't believe it's our wheelhouse, but I, I also can't believe that we're having this discussion again. We'll see. I All guess right, Embiid's that's... game against Boston, which... Brought up some... I mean, first of all, I think a lot of people came away saying that Embiid locked up the MVP award with that performance. Uh, he, of course, had 52 points on 20 for 25 shooting, 13 rebounds, it? 6 assists, that's it, and 2 block shots. He scored more points and made more shots than the rest of the Sixers combined in that game. They really had no business winning that one. Everyone else was awful. But the Sixers had Embiid, you're starting to see some people announce their MVP either votes or what their votes would be. Uh, colleague John Hollinger announced that he would vote for Embiid. He doesn't have a vote. I know Kevin Pelton has announced that he uh, is not voting for Embiid. I forget if he's voting for Jokic or Giannis, uh, but we're starting to see some people have votes trickle in. I do think it's probably going to be a little closer than some people assumed after that performance. That that last straw poll maybe shook me a little bit straw poll where Embiid was up by two points. So we'll see. Uh, it does seem like the narrative has shifted towards Embiid's favor. We'll see whether or not the votes do as well. The betting odds have shifted in his favor they, to in an, an insane big degree. degree. Yep. Yep. Now, now look, betting Vegas odds aren't always, always has, the best thing. Well, they always have ulterior motives or trying to influence uh, where the money's coming in on for sure.
1: Hopefully it's not the same as, recent presidential elections with the uh with the betting odds. I believe those are overseas betting markets, unlike DraftKings though. The uh yeah, I think he's gonna win, but it'll it'll be close. I mean, that was look, we've seen a lot of great ones from him. That is way up there.
0: That was unbelievable. Twenty yeah, of twenty five shooting. The only thing stopping that from being all time is that the stakes were so low. I, I I've almost never seen somebody that locked in. The way he was making those even tough, contested jumpers, the way he was anticipating the double team, he was phenomenal. He really was. And, of course,
1: Grant Williams bitches to the refs after the game, or bitches about the refs after the game. Grant Williams, by the way, snitches on Embiid and P.J. Tucker, saying they gave an F-bomb. Why, why did I get teed up when, when I gave an F-bomb? Because, Grant, here's why. You were flopping your you-know-what off, on a play that was, it was embarrassing level of flopping at the free throw line ends up in a PJ Tucker three and you complain to the refs all the time. Yeah. So I don't know. It look, I, I don't think, I don't know. Great, Grant Williams is just, he's a very annoying player in terms of God. He talks like he's, you know, a top 15 player in the league and he's just not like he's a, he's a good role player on a very good team. Like I think, I don't think he's a bad player by any means. No. Like he certainly is is probably pretty useful in some of Boston's toughest matchups against Embiid and Giannis. He was not useful the other night against Embiid. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was just... Look, I, I think for Joel to make that final statement, though, I, I find it hard to believe he's not going to win MVP. That was as big of an ass-kicking. And as much as we talk about advanced stats and on-off numbers and all those things, I do think the narrative plays a part in the way these voters look at it maybe not every voter
0: but we're talking about a 100 of them right and i think that's a key part like i think a lot of people look at the national media and sort of like discourse around national media and over reliance of advanced stats by the national media but you're talking local markets typically have 60 percent of the vote i think most markets get two votes per market a lot of those people aren't diving too deep into advanced stats a lot of those people aren't necessarily watching every game. They're relying on narratives. They're relying on things that Embiid might have captured here. And that's why last year when he had those games against Denver and, and Milwaukee that he didn't come away with wins on, I think it hurt him more than it should have. Well, now, especially since it was towards the end of the season, now you have an end-of-season performance against the two-seed in the East where he dropped 52 and led his team to victory really at the last time to make an impression. I do think it will certainly influence some of those votes for sure. Unbelievable
1: performance. What did that game make you think about a potential playoff series
0: against Boston? Well, I mean, obviously Boston was without uh, Jalen Brown, without Robert Williams. Pretty key cogs in their defensive machine. Pretty key. And and one who will play and defend Joel Embiid at times. Uh, you know, much was made that Embiid was scoring over Grant Williams and Blake Griffin. And look, Grant Williams is half a foot shorter than Embiid and Blake Griffin just doesn't really play defense. And well, Embiid was getting layup jumpers. And I would say Grant Williams could play against him in a playoff, in a playoff series. Blake Griffin is probably not going to play no, against him yeah, in a playoff series. No. Luke Cornett
1: is the other one. He will yeah. not play against him in a playoff series. Uh, but, and
0: that was, you know, what, that was, You know, he scored 21 on Grant. He scored eight on Griffin. He scored six on Luke Cornett. So he certainly like that was, you know, he had some favorable matchups, but he, you know, he shot five of seven against Al Horford, too. Like, it's not like it was, you know... Well, that was the guys. funny thing. On press row, everybody's like, well, Horford did the best job against him. He shot five of seven yeah. against him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that Boston team will look different. But Embiid's had success in pretty much all four games. Like You go back and you look, he shot over 50% in all of the games against the Celtics. Uh, he had that other, what was it, 42 a couple weeks ago uh, against that same team. Uh a lot he had of free another, throws in that game. Just kind yeah. of willed himself to the line in that one. He will. He, they will have a a big problem stopping Embiid. The question for the Sixers is: Can you get more out of Tyrese Maxey? Because he has really struggled against that team. Can you get more out of out of James Harden? And with the injury, and that will be a concern. Uh, you know, we obviously have some time here before we uh, have to put any kind of a prediction on that series. Both Boston and the Sixers have to win their opening round. You know, I still do think that that's a tough matchup for the Sixers, but so is pretty much everything outside of the first round. Uh I would give the Sixers a chance, but I don't take too much away from, you know, getting that win and getting that monkey off their back. I don't think it's all that relevant when uh when Williams and Brown were out.
1: Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing though. Williams will boost Boston's defense I think in allowing Horford to guard Embiid and he will play off PJ Tucker, which he's really good at. That's kind of the bedrock of how they built the league's best defense in the second half of the season last year. That said, like, there, there are matchup issues with that because then on offense, you don't play five out and you let Joel Embiid stand in the paint and just guard Robert Williams. And Robert Williams is a good offensive player, but yeah, Joel Embiid's kryptonite against this team is yep. having to guard those Horford pick and pops. It just completely tires them out. It's a complete pain in the ass to guard. And the Sixers don't really have an answer for it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would. Definitely
0: favor Boston in that series if we do get there. And I think we are going to get there eventually, you know. Well, I mean, if they have to, you know, play juggernaut Miami Heat in the first round, who knows? <laughs> I There's think so if- much concern trolling from the fan base over avoiding the Heat. I've never seen team or fans so desperate to avoid a completely mediocre team before. I think they would beat the Heat, if not
1: easily, like not down on the wire either, you know, like five or six games, pretty convincingly. And here's, here's the beauty of it. They're not going to play them. So, you know, whatever. Yeah.
2: As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using the BetMGM lines to make all our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code TABasketball and you'll get a one year subscription to The Athletic. Plus, up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code TABasketball. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game. Claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada, 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. In partnership with Kansas, Crossing Casino and Hotel. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone else close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at one 866 231-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code TA Basketball, and you'll get a one year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Uh, So, if they get to the second round against Boston, I, I think it's going to be a hard matchup and I, I would favor Boston, but I I do think, like, heading into that matchup, because in past years, you know, it was like, okay, Embiid has to go nuts against these guys. And, like, do you remember, I I, I think back to, like, the bubble and all those post-ups for Embiid. Embiid scored a lot of points, but it was very inefficient. And again, he didn't have Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons was good. (laughs) It was the bubble. I'm sure they all wanted to get out of there. Horford and Richardson were on his team. Horford was sabotaging him from within. And I just remember his post-ups where, you know it was like post up every time he put the ball on the floor they were coming and it was just a nightmare it was just really hard for for him to deal with i, I don't think they have any answer for him right no. now it's like it's like if joel will go off against boston they have a chance no joel will go off against yeah, boston they have nothing for him horford nothing rob williams by the way I, I think like yeah he'll help as a again like i said a backline defender man i've watched that movie Plenty of times. If he guards Embiid, that's like two fouls in like three minutes. Take a seat. Yep. He's a terrific defensive player, but he's a classic. Hey, Joel is a different type of matchup here. Like if, if you don't have the heft and you're kind of hyper aggressive, he's going to, he's going to beat you with both strength and craft to draw fouls on you and get you out of the game. It, it's just, I'm, I'm very concerned about what the Sixers can do elsewhere because the Sixers have this one Massive advantage. And and I would also say with Embiid, those three passes to Tucker at the end of the game, he doesn't make those three years ago.
0: Yeah. And they weren't even like perfect reads. Like Some of them were a second late. Some of them, like he had to gather himself to get over the double team. But he can see the floor, and they really have no way to cut it off. And it's just such an easier pass that there's more margin for error to make those. Whereas maybe a couple years ago with his back to the basket, he would have had a turnover he would have had maybe like kick it out and repost it's just such an easier pass an easier read that he's going to make that much more frequently than he did in years past um yeah he and to be honest even when they they doubled him earlier in the game like he was reading their double teams and you know spinning away from it or whatever much better than he was in years past he's such a different player both in skill set and mentality he's in a spot where i think he can re- read the floor much better and also the game has slowed down for him. And I don't expect what worked four years ago to work now. 100%.
1: They're throwing him the ball at the elbow. And Boston's decision with Tucker in the corner is they're helping off Leaves the strong, strong side, side corner. Side. Yeah, yeah. That is the one rule that every NBA coach says you can't do. You can't help off the strong side corner. But because that is the one key helping spot off the Sixers and because Embiid is killing you, Boston was willingly doing that. Yeah. But there's a reason why now, that's a cardinal sin in the end. It's an easy pass.
0: Yeah. But that being said, it might be a cardinal sin. Are you confident that PJ Tucker is going to take those shots in the playoffs?
1: Oh, God, no. It might have to be Yang <laughs> or somebody else. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. And, and then that brings defensive issues up. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know. And that's why I think Boston is going to be a really hard series just because they have so many advantages elsewhere. Yeah. The main one that, that you bring up. I mean, Harden was awful against their. Their bench, uh, against their bench unit, like leading the, the Paul Reed group. Again, that's an overall Sixers concern. That's not really a Boston concern for me at this moment. That's, he's got to show it starting in the net series. Maxi against that team is maddening, yeah. man. Like yep. he had just played, I think it was 19 games in between the late February Boston game and this Boston games. That's 19 games of his best basketball shooting 50, 3% from beyond the yeah. arc on seven per game. Just so damn efficient. You know, he's not playing great defense, but he's, he's active. He's kind of hounding the ball a little bit better. Just, he's giving you exactly what you need in terms of a third score for the playoffs. Kind of like the smallest three and D guy, three D <laughs> and transition guy in the league, not D three, and yeah, gonna- <laughs> three in transition. That that's what he's giving you. And He goes up against Derek White and it's just a nightmare. Like, he just gets swallowed up by that guy.
0: So, that's a concern, especially if you're talking about James Harden maybe only being like 80, 90% of James Harden. Well, that means you need a lot of Tyrese Maxey and he needs to figure that out. He just doesn't even get good shots against Derek White. It's
1: wild. There was the one play, they threw it ahead to him in transition. He had a clear lane for a layup. He's like, oh man, Derek White's about to block me from behind. I'm going to go like run into him and give him like a forearm shiver. Most unnecessary offensive foul yep. of Tyrese Maxey's
0: career. And I'm just thinking like, man, this guy is in his head right now. This is yep. rough. Huge pickup. Like you said, they're not 8, 9, 10 deep, but the seven that they got, oh boy, that's a seven. And that'll be, uh, you know, that's what you would prefer to have in playoffs.
1: And so look, just have Sitgers a bunch have done- of
0: quad A baseball players, basically.
1: Sixers have done a good job on Tatum. I will give him credit for that. But I I just think when the Celtics play five out, even with Tatum struggling the other night, man, they get good looks from the three-point line. And I know the Celtics somewhat live and die by the three-point shot. And sometimes those shots aren't going to go in. But it, it's a really hard thing to guard. And it's like, you know, I hear people after the game, they're like, well, Embiid's defense wasn't good in that game because, you know, he's giving up threes to Horford. He's giving up threes to Horford because he's Harden is getting everywhere. blown by. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, so... And I just see a lot of matchups where those uh, those fires are going to exist, and it's uh, it's a hard matchup. But I think the first element of it is that Joel Embiid has to be really good, and Tatum has to be not that good. All right, we're seeing that a little bit over the past couple of games. So the I guess concern a is bit that the
0: Celtics there. can win if Tatum's not that good. He has to be pretty good, but he doesn't have to be fantastic for them to beat the Sixers. Joel Embiid has to be the best player on the floor by a mile. They just don't have as much bargain for her.
1: And and look, it gets a lot harder when, when Jalen Brown is is also there, kind of
0: attacking those second
1: side drives. It's
0: I like how we're basically like previewing a Sixers Celtic series, even though that's like two weeks away. Someone's gonna clip this if uh if, if Miami or Brooklyn comes back to beat the Sixers in round one, but quite frankly, if the Sixers lose in round one, we will have bigger issues than being made a fool.
1: If they lose to a Mikael Bridges led Brooklyn team. <laughs> Just full franchise. There are much bigger issues. There are an
0: unserious group of people.
1: Is the succession meme? I don't watch Succession. Yeah, but uh, that succession meme that has been going around. Yeah. I love you, but you are not serious
0: people. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh. Anything else? I'm not sure. Outside of Embiid's Boston performance, and sort of a recap of where things stand, I'm not sure there's all that much to uh. When does Brooklyn play next?
1: They play tonight. They play against my uh, Orlando at home again. They should. And Miami wrap plays that thing tonight
0: up. too. Miami plays at Washington. So we we there's a chance by the time uh, you wake up tomorrow morning, you will know the Sixers' opponent for round one. Brooklyn, probably, yeah. Because if you don't know who it is, there's a still chance it would be Miami.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't really think there's a lot. I mean, I think the. It's just weird how the East shook out this year where basically the last week was just useless because every team was two games or three games back of the team in front and behind them.
0: No, it feels like we spent all year with teams jumbled up, and then they just all separated right at the end. It's Very strange.
1: And look, I think from the Sixers standpoint, they need to take advantage of this weekend, and they need to lose by a million points playing the end of their bench because...
0: James Harden could use the rest and Joel Embiid could use the rest. Right now, Sixers and Nuggets both have a 52 and 28 record. It's already been reported by Keith Pompey that Joel Embiid is not traveling to Atlanta. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Yeah, well, like I said, I don't think every voter is necessarily watching every Sixers game and these silly things factor in.
1: Oh, I thought you meant. Oh, I didn't... I thought you meant finals. I thought you meant, like, if they made it to the finals... No, then they no, no, no.
0: That's putting the cart way before the Horde. I'm just talking about Joe's MVP bit. Uh, he does have the scoring title pretty much locked up. Uh, I think I looked it up. It would take something like 92 points from Luka over the final two games to take away that scoring title. Uh, I think it might have been, like, 50... Eh, hold on. Uh, he would need 59 in one game if he only plays one game to take it away. Not completely impossible... Uh, forty, what forty six per over a two game stretch isn't. That That's a lot, of, but it'd be it's a lot. It's a lot. So Joe I, should get 92 his ninety two in cons-
1: two games sounds doable for Luca fifty nine and one sounds like
0: too much. Yeah. So Embiid should get his second scoring title even without uh playing these final two games. He did hurt himself a little bit by playing last night just because he didn't play that many minutes uh, and dragged down his scoring average a tiny bit. Should be fine there. Not that it matters. Of of the three concerns, the playoffs, MVP, and a scoring title, that is definitely a distant third. But worth noting. And uh, I guess we'll get to see a lot of Jaden Springer here. For fans who maybe have not watched a whole lot of G League basketball, yours truly included, uh, we will get a chance to see Jaden Springer against quote-unquote NBA competition. Although brook the final game against brooklyn because they will probably well and depending on what happens tonight the final game against brooklyn could be interesting because they should be trying hard hopefully no they'll or play not. their guys if they lose tonight yeah. and miami wins so be good he looks i look he, he he's certainly putting up numbers g league finals mvp So saw yeah. paul reed put up shooting numbers too and he can't shoot so we'll see we'll see
1: shake milton did too charles Bassey did too
0: I, oh but i mean shake milton turned into an nba player at least oh yeah but one that people now want
1: Jaden Springer to replace.
0: Sure, sure. sure. I will say I, I I've I've always bought into his defense. If he can just just stand in the PJ Tucker corner and make a catch and shoot shot, I think he can play. Cuz well, he's pretty he, he might be the Sixers' best defender getting through screens right now. It's just he can't really do anything on offense.
1: Yeah, and that's the bigger issue because getting through screens does not like win you games defensively. It helps. No. It's but it's a smaller part of it and the offensive component of it is a big deal. Now, in fairness to Jaden Springer, I don't care about the, uh, the volume scoring in the G League, but like you said, the defense is very good and it's kind of like the Alex Crusoe route. Like if, if you are able to be a defensive specialist, a defensive, defense first role player, let's just put it that way. Cause Alex Crusoe also never shoots and that's starting to get a little problematic for the Bulls, despite the fact that his defense is tremendous. Uh that's his ticket to making the uh the NBA. So, you know, he has that skill set. So I don't wanna downplay him too much, but again, scoring thirty in the G League.
0: Yeah. Hope he works out. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Thank you, Rich, for jumping on and we will talk to you soon. See you man.